we're, we're looking at the first nine chapters of Proverbs that has a, a theme to it and a purpose to it about listening to a mother and father's advice, listening to God's advice, seeking God's advice. Now, as we look at this passage tonight, I'm really excited about this passage, uh, these passages we're going to look at. And I want to ask you a question. I want you to be thinking about this. Do you have an area in your life that is a bit disruptive right now? An area where you need, really need, the wisdom of God, to know how to act, to know what to do, to know how to respond. You know, we live in a world where we're trying to act in the wisdom of God. We should be trying to, but we deal with people who don't act in the wisdom of God. So we really need the wisdom of God. And so that, that can be in our family. That might be, listen, that might be with our money, how we handle money. We may need the wisdom of God. It may be in a, in a job and how we're acting in a job. It may be in other relationships. And so I want to challenge you to think, is there some area in your life where, you know, you need to be applying the wisdom of God? Now, if you take it and it's you applying the wisdom of God and the other person applying the wisdom of God, it's going to get better. Uh, if you're applying the wisdom of God and they're not applying the wisdom of God, at least you're going to be at peace with God, and he's going to help you. So let's stand together. Let's open our, our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2, and I want us to, to look at verse 6 tonight, and then we're going to look at a bunch of other things. Proverbs 2, verse 6. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Who gives wisdom? His mouth come, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Father, we want to hear from you. I pray that today, Father, in this setting, that we begin to hear from you. There are some of us who need wisdom in different areas. We need to know what to do. We need your empowerment. We need your strength. There's some of us that we face others who are not acting in wisdom, and we need your strength and your understanding to know how to act towards them, to know what to do, not to be a part of the problem, but be part of the answer. And we need your strength for those things. So tonight, just touch us and help us in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Wisdom is, as we've said over the last few weeks, wisdom is knowing how to act, acting wisely. We get knowledge, and God teaches us how to use it. When we act in wisdom, life gets better. And here's the great promise. God gives wisdom to all who seek it. He begins to give us wisdom. You know, when, when you hear the world talk about Christians sometimes, you'll hear, hear, you know, you'll hear somebody say, well, God spoke to me, or God did, and they go, well, they almost look at the person as if they're crazy. But any Christian who has taken time to seek God, who is listening for God, understands that God speaks to us. Sometimes he speaks to us with a warning. Sometimes he speaks to us with a nudge. 
Sometimes he speaks to us with a conviction. And, and we sense it. And if you're like me, there have been times when, when you've had that nudge and you've ignored it because, oh, that's just weird. And then later you thought, I wish I'd paid attention to that nudge. I wish I'd listened to that nudge. I should have listened to it. Because God is, he is speaking to us. I have never heard the audible voice of God speak to me. I know people who have. I've never been in that kind of setting where God has audibly spoken to me. I have had God speak to me in my spirit, in my heart, that was just as clear as if he'd spoken to me audibly. Giving me direction, giving me insight, changing my direction, revealing to me that I was wrong, revealing to me that I'm right, all kinds of things that happen in the middle of that. And all of it, you say, how do I know if it's the voice of God? Well, first of all, it has to match the Word of God. There's always, that's the fundamental thing. If it doesn't match the Word of God, it is not the voice of God. There's an enemy that speaks to us too. There's an enemy that tries to deceive us and lies to us. And so how do we separate those two? Because he's a deceiver. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light to deceive us because we have to know what the will of God is. So Jesus looks at Peter when Peter rebukes him and, he, and says, you should, don't, don't say this, you're going to go to Jerusalem and be put in the hands of, of wicked men. Don't say that. And he looks at him and he says, I rebuke you, Satan. Why? Because he knew what the will of the Father was for his life and that Peter was hearing a voice trying to take him away from the will of the Father. So we have to understand the will of God. Now, in Proverbs uh, 1, or, or 2, I think, it says this. Uh, Proverbs 2, 1, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Are you, are you, this is really important. If you receive my words, if you treasure up my commandments, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart uh, to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Again, this is great news because what is this passage telling us? It's telling us that wisdom is available to all of us. And that wisdom allows us to be in a right relationship with God. Now, I, I can't walk into this relationship with God assuming that I know the right way. I've got to walk into this relationship with God with this open heart to hear His voice. So you, I've got to understand, I can desire a right relationship with God, but without wisdom, I won't find it. I'm not going to find this great, healthy, flourishing relationship with God until I begin to let wisdom rule in my life and let His Word take control of my life. And the danger is, is that maybe we've learned good things from family, good things from others. Maybe we've learned how to act in this world uh, to be successful. We've read some success book 
that's opposite of what the Word of God says. And you're never going to be in right relationship with God until you surrender all of that to, to the truth of God. God is, found, God is found in His Word and in His revelation. So here, two clear commandments in this passage. One is this, receive His words. Receive His words. Uh, this is telling us, look to His Word. Receive His Word. Study His Word. Know His words. He says in here, st- uh, storing them up in your heart. Take, you know, be diligent to know the Word of God. I want my children to be wise. What do I need to do? I need to get the Word of God planted in their heart. They know who God is. They know about their relationship with God and all these things. I want to plant the Word of God deep in their heart. I want to be wise. I've got to store up the Word of God. Learn it. He says, making your ear attentive to it, paying attention to it, listening for it, learning it, discovering the Word of God. This is where I find the wisdom of God. The second second commandment is this. Pray for wisdom. Pray for it. What's it say in this passage? Call out for insight. God, I've got this kid. They're making bad decisions. You know, I want to, you know, physically deal with them. I want to do this, that, or the other. God, before I do anything, give me wisdom. I'm waiting on you, God, until I hear from you. I'm not going to go fight with them. I'm not going to argue with them. I'm not going to get in a big to-do with them until I hear from you. I'm waiting for you, calling out for insight. Got this situation going on at work. God, give me wisdom. I'm waiting on you. He says, raise, it says, call out for insight. Raise your voice for understanding. This, this fundamental principle that we've talked about, that pride is about us thinking, I got this. I got this. Humility is this understanding that I don't got this. God's got this. I need God to get through this. God, what happens to the prideful? They fall. What happens to the humble? God lifts them up. God lifts them up. This is our walk with God. You try to do it in your own power, you're going to find yourself at the end of the day going, wow, I didn't get what I wanted. I got something else than what I wanted. And and you start listening to God, and he's going to lift you up. Raise your voice for understanding. As you seek wisdom, this is the promise of God. God will extend his favor and his revelation. God will begin to give you favor. He'll begin to give you revelation. He'll begin to show himself to you and show your will to him. And he'll, he'll, he'll warn you, don't, don't get in this relationship. Don't do this thing. And sometimes he tells us that, and everything about it looks right, but it's wrong. Because we don't know the beginning from the end. God, remember, God doesn't think like us. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything that's going to happen. He knows all of it. And if we listen to him, he guides us and says, don't do this. 
Don't do that. Do this. And he speaks to our spirit. Well, we've got to train our spirit to hear his voice. And the first way we train our spirit to hear his voice is by knowing his word. Because most of the time that God's going to speak to us, he'll speak to us through his word. He'll reveal a scripture to us. He'll reveal a passage to us. So as you seek wisdom, God will extend his favor and his revelation. And again, how do we seek wisdom? We seek wisdom by seeking his word and by praying. By praying. What does God's favor and revelation look like? In Proverbs 2.7, it says this, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. This is what God's favor looks like. <coughs> Excuse me. He shields us. He protects us from what we would fall into on our own and be wounded by or destroyed by on our own. He shields us from it. He guards us. He protects us from how the enemy would come into our life and deceive us. When we know his word, he begins to guard us and he watches over us so that the enemy in his power cannot pounce on us. Do you know the enemy's bigger and stronger than you? But, oh, I'm so scared of the devil. You don't have to be scared. If you've got, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you got the favor of God, if you're obeying God, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. God's going to watch over you. Now, if you're disobeying God, if you're going against God's principles, you better be afraid of the devil because he's going to come to steal and kill and destroy. So here it is. The favor of God shields us and guards us and watches over us. We don't have to fear the enemy. Now, our biggest heartaches come from two sources, and this is the crux of this message tonight that I really want you to get. The, so the two main sources of our heartache come when we go against God's wisdom in our lives. That's the first one. When we reject God's wisdom and we do it our own way, when we make an excuse about how we're acting, we excuse our sin away, we excuse our attitude away, we excuse our actions away, we excuse our words away, and we say, I know better, I'm going to do it my way. This is, the nu this is a number one source of heartache. The number, part, number two goes right with it. When we fail to seek God's wisdom in our decisions. When we make a decision based on what looks good in front of us right now, what we want right now, instead of saying, God, I've studied your word, I've looked to your word, I know your truth, show me your way in this. I'm not moving in this decision until I hear your voice. I'm waiting for your confirming power to move in, in, in my life. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, again, sometimes it happens as God gives you a verse that kind of tells you, yeah, do that. 
sometimes it happens, many times in my life it happens when kind of thing after thing after thing after thing comes my way that is supported by the Word of God. You know, Olivet sent me a note just the other day, and I wrote her back, and I said to her, I needed that today. I need, it was a scripture. And I, I was trying to make my mind up about a couple of things, and, and you know, Olivet sends me scriptures all the time, and I love it. And, but this one was, I opened it up, I looked at it, and I, it was just like God said, that's, I want you to see that right now. Sometimes that's how God speaks to us. A friend or somebody, or we open the Bible, or we, we were reading a book and a scripture comes, comes to light to us, and boom, it just kind of jumps off the page at that moment. And it's God saying, that's what, I'm talking to you right now. I'm, I'm telling you, don't do that. I'm telling you, do that. I'm telling you, trust me in this. I'm telling you to wait it out. Be patient. So we, we have to... We have to be sensitive to how God speaks, speaks to us. Sometimes we wonder when we get in the middle of a mess, uh, we wonder, God, uh, you know, where was God in all that? God, I'm in this mess. God, how did I get in this mess? And when we ask God and listen closely, here's what we hear. I was where I've always been. Where do you go? God hasn't moved, friend. We've moved. We didn't listen. We didn't pay attention. We missed some truth. And you look back in the, in the, uh, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, and, and they're, they're, you know, they, they get fooled by these Gibeonites, and the word is so clear that they got in this trouble because they failed to inquire of God. They failed to ask God what to do. They looked at all the circumstances, and they said, boy, it looks like they've come from a long way away. They've come here to honor us and celebrate us. These seem like pretty nice guys and good people, and so they swear this treaty with them, but they failed to inquire of God, and they were fooled. So we've got to take this time to seek after God. Proverbs 2.9 it says, when you do that, it says, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. So when we inquire of God, when we listen for God, when we know his word, when we're applying his wisdom, when we're diligent to say in every, in every major decision of life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see God. Now listen, when I get up on Sunday morning, I don't sit at the edge of my bed and go, God, should I go to church today? I already know the answer to that question. I already know the answer. Now, if I get upset at my kids, I don't have to stop and say, God, should I curse them out right now? I already know the answer. God, should I be honest here at work or should I lie and steal and take something that isn't mine or lie? I, I don't have to ask God that. If I know his word at all, I know the answer. God, should I date this ungodly guy? Should I date this ungodly girl? I know the answer. There are some things that, you know, it's just like God's looking at you going, why, why are we talking about this? I've given you the answer. Don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, you know, don't, don't covet things, you know, don't murder, don't, do, don't, you know, don't, don't swear falsely. By All this stuff, the, the answer's there. I should never have to wrestle with those things. They're 
plain and simple right before me. God, should I enter into this worship time? I don't have to go through my life. I, I learned certain things, but now I get to the vaguer things in life, the things that aren't perfectly clear. You know, I, I remember sitting with a couple years ago now, many years ago, and uh, they, were, they were talking about getting married. And I just started asking, you know, questions that we ask. And, and you know, usually when you're, you're in a situation like that, we're not, I'm, most pastors, you're not trying to talk that couple into or out of anything. Now, that's not our job. Our job is to get them to ask each other the right questions so that they will discover um, between them whether this is good or not. And we were sitting there in my office, and I asked uh, about four or five questions, and they were talking, and it wasn't going well. It was pretty obvious they were uh, on opposite sides of the room in some of these things. I wasn't saying, I just asked a question, let them talk. Finally, the girl looks and she said, I know what you're saying to me. I said, I'm not saying anything to you. Because, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm just asking questions and let you guys talk to each other. She said, you're saying we shouldn't get married. I said, I never once said that. I never once said I, I was thinking in the back of my head I was beginning to think it. But I had never, ever said it. And finally she looked at me and she said, she said you're right. You're right. I said, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't take a side in this. She said, you're right. We're not getting married. And she jumped up and ran out of the office. And I'm sitting there with the guy who is now ticked off at me. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't tell her anything. I just, I just asked, you guys just said, you guys told each other stuff. Well, he jumped up and ran after her. And, and uh, he went and got her. And he talked her into marrying him. And about six weeks later, they came back around. They'd snuck off someplace and got married. And about six months later, they came back and they'd broke up and got a divorce. God was trying to speak to him. Wasn't my job to speak to him. All my job was was to take them to Scripture and get them to ask each other some questions, and it became pretty clear that they weren't close to being ready to do this yet. And that's what God does. He'll, if we'll listen to His Word, He'll lead us places. He'll direct us. He'll protect us. So God gives us understanding. First of all, He gives us understanding of righteousness. What is righteousness? Knowing the right thing to do. Righteousness. How to live a right life. We, you know, we've got to take righteousness and, point and paint it up to be, oh, a super spiritual person. No, it's, 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 knowing the, it's doing the right thing. Righteousness. Justice. He, he helps us to, to look at things with justice, with equity. And he helps us find every good path. The path we need to be on. If we know his word and we seek his will, he will reveal his way to us. This is why we need to be diligent to know the Word of God. Uh, I have I've seen people in my lifetime growing up, 
Boy, they make the same, make the same mistakes over and over again. You know, one bad relationship after another, one failed attempt at things after another, just bad, bad, bad. And you're just kind of looking at them going, you keep making the same decisions. You keep doing the same things. And God is trying to shake us out of those old patterns that we learned. And, and some, there's a lot of reasons. Sometimes we do them because we're looking for some security or we're looking for love or we're looking for, you know, acceptance. We're looking for all sorts of stuff, and then it all crashes and burns around us because we didn't look to the Word and let the Word be what it should be in our life. So many times we act in the wisdom of the world or we fail to listen to God's voice and, and of direction, and we rush into places where angels fear to trod. We rush into things that God is, would clearly tell us something different than. You've heard me talk about this. Let, let me say it again. There are people in your life who are cheerleaders. It's good to have some cheerleaders in your life. Some people that no matter what you say or what you do, they get excited for you and they cheer. You know, and you, you come, you know, dragging some, you know, guy up who just got out of prison and, you know, and, and, and he's, he's, he's you know, wanting, wanting to find somebody to, you know, pay his bills for the rest. He's, he's looking for somebody. And look who I found. Yeah, you found. Why don't you give him some time to prove himself? And there's some people that it doesn't matter. They cheer. They cheer. You need to know who the cheerleaders are in your life. Every now and then we need a cheerleader. And, and you go stand next to them and let them cheer. But you know what you really need? If you're going to win the game, you need some coaches. And coaches don't always cheer for you. Coaches want you to win, but they're going to tell you why you're not winning. And here's what I found. When somebody digs in and makes up their mind they're going to do something, and in the back of their mind they know it's wrong, you know who they avoid? The coaches. They don't want to talk to the coaches. They don't, want to come, they don't want to come into my office and tell me about it. They don't want to go to their mom and dad and tell their mom and dad about it. In fact, they tell all my friends, mom and dad don't like this. That's because mom and dad love you, and they're trying to coach you. They're trying to help not make a mistake. And so the wise person sits and says, listen, I'm glad to have some cheerleaders around, but boy, in the big issues of life, I need coaches around I need somebody who looks at me and says, listen, I know you're just trying to do a good thing, you're trying to start a business, but this is going to fall flat on its face and be no good. Let me tell you why. And when you've got a wise coach in your life, you better listen. Better pay attention to him. God's brought him there to help you. So I don't want to, in the big decisions of life, I don't want to run away from my coaches. I want to run to my coaches. Does that make sense? So, so know who that is in your life. The more you know the Word, 
the easier it becomes to hear his voice of direction. He says, well, I want to get good at this. Then know his word. Read his word. Proverbs 2.10. The wisdom will come, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. All through the rest of chapter 2, God promises that wisdom will deliver us from ways that will destroy us. Remember last week we talked about influences? You know, we, we think about the influences in our life. If you have children, you've got to think about the influences in their life. If we know the Word, He'll protect us from bad influences. Listen, you've got to understand, if, some of you, if you're a young person in here, uh, the media, entertainment, music, movies, can promote a lifestyle that is far from what God would have you to live. We see the impact of it in our society today. Most of us in this room, many of us in this room, we're old enough to remember that certain language among adults in public places just didn't happen. It just wasn't acceptable. And now, you know, now it's, it's, it's everywhere. What's happened? We've been influenced, and I'm telling you, primarily in this case, influenced by an entertainment society that glorifies foul language. And we've been influenced by it. And, and we should be appalled by it. So all through the rest of chapter 2, he's telling us that if we know the Word, it'll keep us, it'll protect us. In chapter 3, he calls us not to forget the Word. He says, hold on to this, don't forget it. Now Solomon should have heeded his own words. God's Word is true no matter the flaws of the man who delivers it. I've had this conversation with people, and they'll say, well, this guy, you know, he's this, that, or the other, but, but wow, you know, what's the deal with his ministry? What's it? The Word's true. It doesn't matter. The, the, the vessel may be extremely flawed, but the Word's true. And in this case, Solomon should have heeded his own words, should have paid attention to this himself, not to forget the Word. And he says the benefits of wisdom is that they will prolong your life, they will bring you prosperity, they will give you a good name. This is some of the benefits of wisdom. Proverbs 3 says, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. You'll find the favor of God as you walk in the wisdom of God. You'll even begin to find favor among most men They'll like to have you around. They'll like to have you working for them. They'll like to have you in their in life because they know, hey, this is a trustworthy person. This is an honest person. This is a faithful person. I can count on them. They're pleasant to be around. They're not going to, you know, cause weird things and, you know, strange relationships to have. They're going to be a decent person. Now, next comes 
Uh, one of the most famous passages in Proverbs, the only passage I can think of that may be more famous than this one in Proverbs is train up your child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. But listen, listen to this passage. I'm sure you've heard it many, many times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, in some of your ways, no, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything, say, you're, you're God, you're Lord, you're the wise one. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. He's going to straighten things out for you. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Listen, don't go your own way or be wise in your own eyes. Don't dismiss the word because you think you know better. Don't dismiss the word because you want to do something different. Trust the word of God. He will make your path straight. He will refresh your life. This is why we're looking at Proverbs all through this summer. It's for us to sit and say, okay, does my life come in alignment in these major areas of life with the Word of God? I need to lean on the Word of God. Now, as well known as this verse is, most neglect the wisdom of the next verses. We shout and we sing about verses 5 through 8, and then we do the very thing he tells us not to do in verses 9 and 10. Now, I'm not going to tell you what those verses say. Go home and read them. Don't look them up now. Go home and read verses 9 and 10. The vast majority of people in the world today, even Christians who know this verse and say, I can't lean on my own understanding, come to the very next two verses and ignore them. Make excuses and don't do what it says. I find it really interesting that God put those in this specific order. Chapter 8 continues in the same thing. Wisdom is calling. So verse 5, it says, O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination in my lips. He's saying, I'm going to speak this to you if you listen. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There's nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Last week, we talked about the simple. The simple are the inexperienced and easily fooled. Usually when, in, in Proverbs, when it talks about the simple, it's talking about young people who have no experience in life. But the simple are also people who just haven't learned to weigh out consequences. And remember last week, we, 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 we pointed this out. Faith age is not recognized by years, but by biblical knowledge. You know, we recognize our years as an age. But just because you're 10 years old in Christ doesn't mean you're the age of a 10-year-old or you're 20. I've known 
people who were saved a year or two who dove into the Word so completely that they matured in just amazing times in, in their faith and their, their, their call to the Word. And I've known other people who've grown up around the church, been around churches all their life, never paid attention to the Word, and now they're 30, 40 years old in Christ, and their faith is still weak and fragile, and they're still doing things they shouldn't be doing and making mistakes they shouldn't be making. Why? They've ignored the thing that matures us. The Word of God matures us. And so he says, you know, be diligent with this. And he tells the simple, if you will pay attention to the Word, I'm going to protect you. Then he says, the f- last week we talked about fools. Fools hate knowledge. Uh, the fool is the person, and we talked about this last week again, the fool is the person, you know, it's the, it's, have you ever been around some young teenager and, and you're trying to help them, and they go, I want to learn on my own. I want to make my own mistakes. Okay, well, there's a wall. Go run into it. Well, I, I, I don't want to do that. Well, you want to, how did you learn that? Well, I saw, I, I heard, a, I felt walls, and I know what will happen. No, go learn on your own. Run into it on your own. Just, just believe you'll pass through it. I mean, it's, it's one of the dumbest things we can say. God calls these people fools. When you want to learn by your own mistakes, you're foolish. And so he says to us, don't, don't listen, fools. <laughs> listen to my word and you'll stop being a fool. Listen to my word and you'll start to mature. Uh, they, 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 they want to be, you know, they're driven by their desires and they don't want to learn anything. So the writer appeals to both the simple and the foolish. And he says to them, listen, you know you're a young Christian. You know you're a young follower of Christ. You know you're a young person. Pour my word into your life. It will keep you and protect you. He looks at the foolish person. And he says, listen, don't try to learn on your own. Learn through my word. And you'll get wise. And he says to us, wisdom is better than silver, gold, and jewels. <laughs> That wisdom will really enrich you. Nothing we desire can compare with wisdom. Think about that. What is your highest desire? God says, listen, whatever your highest desire is, knowing my word and knowing my way and hearing my voice will give you far more riches than anything you think you can have on your own. Come pursue me. This is an appeal to turn our ear to hearing. Now, the enemies of wisdom. In Romans 8, 13, it says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. These are the enemies of wisdom. Pride is the enemy. This, this notion, I can do it on my own, is an enemy of wisdom. Arrogance, thinking you're better and smarter and, you know, your family's this, that, or the other. Arrogance is an enemy of wisdom. Loving evil, being attracted and, and, and not fighting the urges of evil in our life, is the love of evil is an enemy of wisdom. And perverted speech 
talking in ways that are harmful, that are filled with anger, filled with hatred, filled with the vile of our bitterness. He says, listen, these are enemies of wisdom. You, we'll talk about this when we talk about our words in, the, in this, this summer. But if you let your words just run rampant from the emotions and what's stirring up within you, he said, this is an enemy of wisdom. I gave them a peace of mind. Enemy of wisdom. Enemy of wisdom. I let them have it. Enemy of wisdom. Control our speech. Now we have the great promise of God to us. Romans 8, 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. He says, hey, the promise of wisdom and why we should love wisdom and pursue wisdom is if we pursue it, he's going to reveal it to us. Listen to verse 32. And now, O oh sons, listen to me. Blessed, empowered are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Don't dismiss it. The whole, all of society is saying something's okay, but God's word says it isn't. Pay attention. Your flesh wants to do something, but God's word says it's wrong. Pay attention. Don't neglect God's word. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one, empowered is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my door, my doors. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. I was talking to our high school students last chapel of the year this week and especially to the seniors, you know, these 18-year-olds who now, uh, you know, many of the braces in their life are being dropped off. They've been in a Christian school. Maybe they've been raised in a Christian home. And now they're going off to school by themselves or they're, they're not in the Christian school anymore. They're not surrounded by Christian friends anymore and braces are, that have held them in place are being pulled off, and they're either going to stand or they're going to fail. And the sad truth is, uh, many, many students between 18 and about 25 make decisions that impact them in a negative way the rest of their life, hurt them and cause problems not only for themselves but for others because they ignore the Word of God. And, and so the call of this is, listen, to understand we need wisdom. Now, for those of us who are older, this happens because we have a lifestyle set, a response system set that we don't let the Word of God speak to. And because of that, every once in a while, we blow stuff up. We hurt people, we wound people, we, you know, make big mistakes and we mess things up. We find ourselves back ensnared and stuff because we've never come back and said, the Word of God is my standard for faith and conduct. So the call is, is for us to, listen, what does it say? Hear, listen, and find, and you will walk in the favor of God. Listen to Him, hear what He has to say, find the right path, even if it doesn't feel right. Trust him, and you'll find the favor of the Lord. Now, how do we do that? He says, hear instruction. What? Watching daily 
at my gates. Here's the call to read the Word of God every day. Daily, I'm looking to the Word. Daily, I'm studying the Word. That's why you know, one of the things we say is, you know, read a chapter of Proverbs every day. You know, get on a, get on a, a plan to read the Bible and start taking a few minutes every day to read the Bible. Not so you can stand up at the end of the year and say, I read through the Bible, but so you can walk through life watching at the gates of God's Word for His truth for your life. You'll be enriched by it. And then he says, and waiting beside my doors. What's that, what's that word say? Get into his house and listen to messages like this and listening to the teaching and getting around to other believers who are talking and waiting at the doors to say, God, bring it into my life. Let me have your truth in my life and let your word shape me and form me and be me. When we fail that, who do we hurt? Hurt ourselves. We find wisdom in his word and we find wisdom in prayer. Here's what I hope happens tonight. I, I hope that uh, if there are areas in your life where they're disruptive, and it, it may be somebody else who's not living and acting inside the word causing the problem. But how you act and respond is part of the answer. That we will de determine, I want to know God's way for my life. If you don't, you're going to wake up time and time again, back in the same kind of mess, back in the same kind of heartache, wondering why God didn't protect you, when God's moved diligently to protect us. So here it is. It's better than silver or gold, and it's available to every one of us. Amen? Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, as we close this service, I just pray you would uh, touch us, speak to us. Father, stir in us. I pray that tonight, as I prayed all week this week, that tonight would stir a new hunger for your word. Father, the people that are here tonight, they've got some sense of hunger for your word. That's why they're here. But Lord, let it grow. Let it be, let it be so solid and so committed that we never falter from it. And if there's a place in our life where we need a mighty touch of your spirit, we need revelation. Uh, speak to us tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You'll just say, you know what, I've got a place and I've got a family member I'm dealing with. I've got something in my career I'm dealing with. I've got something where I really need the wisdom of God. Just lift your hand up high to the Lord tonight. You just need God's wisdom. <sighs> Father, we look to you tonight. Many of us have tried on our own and it hasn't paid off yet. Lord, we're looking to you to say, show us in your word by the leading of your spirit, how we should act in these things. Father, you know the places where I'm looking to you for your revelation. Father, where I'm not seeing the fullness of your blessing that I want to see. Others of us, we raise our hands and we see we have places in our life where we're not seeing the fullness of your blessing that we want to see. 
I pray that tonight you'd begin to strengthen us, begin to reveal your word to us as we cry out to you, as we cry aloud to you, as we let your word be our guide, that, Father, we would begin to see straight paths, new paths, new ways to walk and live in this situation until the fullness of your plan comes about in our life. Give us your favor, we pray. And, Father, do not let anything be so embedded in us, any action, any word, anything that we do, so embedded in us, no step of pride, so embedded in us that you can't sweep it away and show us a new way. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord tonight.